Yo, 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 yo! Levelheads Podcast back in the mix. Tune in. Pay attention. We are rocking and rolling with the Euler Boys from the Pacific Northwest. Awesome framers, pioneer builders. Tune in. Check it out. Conversation's rad. That's all I got. Brought to you by Anderson Windows and Doors. Anderson with an E-N. They are our proud sponsor, and we are proud to be sponsored by them. All three of us are Anderson users. We've got Anderson in every, not every one of our houses, but many of our houses, uh, both now and previous to being sponsored by them. Uh, we love their product. We have used everything from the 100 series all the way up to the A series, to the big doors, everything they offer. We've used them. We've used their service. Uh, we've had their reps walk through our jobs. Uh, all of them to tell us how they've been installed. And that's something great that you can use. Just call your local rep if you want them to walk through your job after you've had your Anderson windows installed. That's something that they will offer you locally no matter where your Anderson windows and doors are installed. So check them out. Anderson windows, Anderson with an E-N. I'm trying to figure out how to blur this background because Nikki's going to freak out if she knows the garbage is there <laughs> uh, she just gets so annoyed by all of that stuff and so i like hurry up and blur and i'm like where's the blur thing on this the funny thing is you're actually kind of blurry and the background looks pretty clear <laughs> no yeah <laughs> really i don't think there is a blur on this one but um just tell her rest assured the four people that listen to this won't won't mind at all <laughs> do you guys uh, hey, if it's if it's not yeah, a video it's not podcast, video, it's not video. Oh, it's okay. not a, yeah, that's true. Well, then, so, yeah, it won't get posted. Why did I even put a shirt on? <laughs> exactly. Well, Go take ahead. us to a tour of the house, Tim. <laughs> get comfortable. So I was no. wondering Call that I put on my weighted vest just to have some fun, and now nobody's even going to get to see it. I thought I was going to say you look like you're on a. I was, like, like, was, was going to say, are you wearing a bulletproof vest? Or? <laughs> yeah, I went for a walk right before this, and uh, it's an amorpho weighted vest. I don't know how much it weighs, and um, yeah, I, I think it might almost. be about ten pounds. I mean. 85 pounds. Pretty oh, sure it's 85 that's pounds. Pretty, that's pretty close to where what Mike has to wear to work every day in Chicago. Right, Mike? Kilos. Is that a bulletproof vest? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that standard <laughs> uniform for Mike in Chicago. So how's it going, guys? It's only funny because it's true, Mike. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, how's it going? Uh, I think it's going go, go. relatively it's well, all things considered. The market is still pretty tough, but... I think uh, the company's doing pretty well. It's just kind of a, a war of attrition right now with the interest rates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's that? How's it affecting so you? So what we have going against us is we're the top priced folks in our area, and we're just not in the best population area. Even though it's decent, not a lot of people know where it is. So the three rules of real estate: location, location, location. And sadly, we just don't have it right now with where rates are at. Yeah, well, I think in no matter what location you're in these days, yeah. the rates play some some part, right? And on those areas that are even more sensitive to price fluctuations, I guess they feel it. They feel it more. Before we jump in too far, why don't you tell everybody who you are? We certainly know who you are, but let all of our listeners know and tell us about yourselves. You want to go first, Timmy, or you want me to? Okay, I'll go first since I'm yeah, since I'm the older one. I'm Tim. 
I like to take long walks <laughs> on nice beaches. Wrong I... app, Tim. Wrong app. No, no, you're good. I just I'm sure there's a builder out there that wants to know this. It was those. It was a it was a compilation of like dating at, uh, dating intros on the old VHS, <laughs> and it was the most awkward thing I've ever seen. And it reminded me, what was it like? Um, what was the show with Chuck? What's his name from the eighties? Was it the dating game? Wasn't Chuck Woolery? Anyway, Woolery. It might have been yeah. the dating game. It was Chuck Woolery. Awful. Woolery, yeah. Uh, more seriously, I don't. I never know how to answer that question. I'm Brian's brother. Are you Brian's <laughs> brother or is he Tim's brother? Good answer. And I feel like that's an important distinction. Well, given that people can't see it, uh, I'm Big T's little brother. Big you T. know, that's what he's put on as his name today, which is his new uh, gnome de guerre or whatever the term is. So he's he's Big uh, T and no, you're I Little think, B? I think we're brothers. I'm Little B. Actually, it's funny. That used to be uh, I was Little Brian because I was good friends with a guy named Brian. So that was the differentiator between <laughs> us. And so I was little Brian for a long time. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was always little good. Timmy on the job site. That's what Dave always called me. LT, little Timmy. Because dad's name is Tim. LT. And he was the boss. So it was uh, always little Timmy. Mm. Oh. I got the same thing. There I was go. always little Mike. My dad was Mike Sr. And I was little Mike. Yeah, I'm three sizes <laughs> to size, or three times the size of my dad. So oh, are you three man. triple X Jamie? Is that what you do? <laughs> Triple X, Jamie Jr. Yeah. My name's Zane, so nobody confused me with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not Billy Zane, though. No. Not Billy Zane. No. No. There's a few Zanes out there. And uh, don't worry, I've heard of all of them. When I was growing up, there was a guy that pitched for the Braves named Zane Smith. He was the baseball card that you got every once in a while that you threw away. It was Zane Smith. <laughs> <laughs> So everybody would say, oh, you know, there's a Zane Smith? Yeah. I, yeah, I know. I know. If there was a Zane anywhere, somebody's told me about it. You're like, I know. I have 10 of his baseball cards. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm I'm the collector. Uh, nobody else collects keep... Zane Smith except for Zane Smith and his mom and me. I keep finding him in garbage cans. It'll be worth <laughs> something someday. Now, those are the ones you put in your bicycle spokes to make the noise. <laughs> All the Zane Smiths. <laughs> He pitched for the Braves for a couple of years, had a mullet. Sorry, I know exactly who he is. Nothing wrong with a mullet. <laughs> Not anymore. So since you guys did Not such anymore. an so we'll... awesome job of introducing yourselves, I'm going to introduce so our listeners know who you are, because not all of our listeners are builders. Or Did you say awesome job, yes. Mike? We, we may be no pioneers to the <laughs> nice, podcasting nice. realm, but we've got some awesome oh guests today. The Euler brothers, Big Timmy T, Big Tim Euler, and Brian Euler. Brian Euler from Pioneer Builders and Tim Euler from Awesome Framers. So, I don't know if you guys know, there's a studio audience here for this episode. Um, yeah, all right, all right. Calm all down, right. guys. They sound rowdy. They are. Yeah. They are. Yeah, they're all going to get a free car at the end of this, but they don't know. Did you say free car or free card? I was going to give them a free Zane Smith card <laughs> at the end of this. Take home and use however they wish. All right, so let's jump into it. Pioneer Builders. It's a family-owned business, right? Why don't you guys tell, give us a little history, a quick history on Pioneer Builders and how you guys got started. 
So it all starts with dad. He was a farmer from North Dakota, born in 1947. Uh, second of eight kids, he was the first of the family to ever go to college. So he went to Dickinson State. It would have been sometime in the 60s. He didn't have a clue what he was doing, so he just picked one of those tracks to uh, for what he majored and minored in. And he happened to major in finance, and he minored in political science, which is always funny to watch uh, Jeopardy with him or play Trivial Pursuit. And they'll have like, how long is a senator's term? And he, he'll like think about it, and then he'll get it. Like, who knows this stuff? But anyway, so he... Uh, Decided to enlist during the Vietnam War. He was in the Army in the Real Estate Corps. So he was managing leases in Saigon. He came home, and he, by that time, mom had moved out here to Washington State from North Dakota and uh, didn't have work at the bank like he was hoping. But at the interview, the gentleman said, hey, I think uh, Charlie Ryan is hiring, and he was a general contractor. So he did uh, light commercial housing. Dad was an accountant for him. And that's where dad learned job costing and then also how to build. And then uh, he went out on his own in 1978 and started building houses. 78. Wow. How did he start? Did he start doing like uh, track building or did he start doing, uh, what did he start doing? So he built six spec houses and he had my sister who's the oldest and timmy and i came along a couple of years later i still don't know how he got money for six houses with the exception and this kind of has been the mode the lady liked him the banker so there's just something about him and dad by virtue of starting with charlie he didn't know what he didn't know he was used to building spec homes so all too often, people want to get into the spec home side, but they were tradespeople. They were custom home builders. So they've got a whole different perspective on switching into that type of construction. Whereas dad, he was a farmer from North Dakota who worked for a guy who built spec. So it was just part of what he was used to. And so it wasn't so scary for him. And you guys still That's do spec to this day. Is that right? Yeah. Um, Timmy, you want to take it away? I'm doing a lot of talking here. Or I'll keep talking. I was kind of hoping you do all the talking. <laughs> well, I think um, didn't they? they had mom and dad had saved. And when they started the company, it kind of started as a partnership with somebody else. They put that all in and basically lost everything on that first house. You know, couldn't sell it. Uh, I, th I think I got that right. And I don't know really how they kind of dug out of that because we'll still drive by at least one of the houses that they lived in. But where did you leave off? Because I got sidetracked by that. In other words, it wasn't all rosy coming out of the gate. Yeah. Uh, so basically, we've done plenty of customs, and we define customs as we build a house on land that the owner owns. So they're the title holder to the land. And then we've done plenty of pre-sales, which we define as where we're the title holder, but we have a customer that we're building for. And it's usually typically more semi-custom. And then a spec home is where we have the whole nine yards. And sometimes in the past, we would wait until it was completed before listing. So we've done all of those types of things, almost no remodels. Our remodeling consists of 
mistakes made on the job site that we have to fix. <laughs> and uh, Timmy says we're the fastest new construction remodelers. <laughs> um, and you don't get paid for that unless you're making wages. But right now, we're currently 100% spec. So you're not waiting so mostly for the buyer to come mistakes. first and then start to, to build. You're just saying, screw Say it. that again, you're not You're not waiting for the buyer to come first to pick model A and with these options. You're just, you're building it and waiting for the buyer to come. Exactly. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. When did you guys take over? What would you say, Timmy, about five Have years we? ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess a better question is if you didn't, if you haven't taken over right. fully, when did you guys start in the business or how old were you? I'll let you do that one to me. You started chronologically before me. Yeah. I mean, I just always was, I was always on site, you know, riding around with dad. We've got pictures when I was just a little kid, you know, pounding nails in the subfloor. Um, like junior high, I'd have to go out and hand nail the floors to, because we didn't have stand up screw guns. So it was like hand nail the floor after the house dried, you know, let's, let's try to do what we can so that we don't have squeaks down the road. So I've just always been on site. In fact, summer of 80, I think it's 89. I was 12 and dad hired my friend Jamal and me. He lived just down the road from Strawberry Hill. And we just thought it was the coolest thing to just do cleanup. Um, I remember we had two guys that worked for us, Fred and Frank Epperly, and Frank was laying out walls. Everything was still two by four construction. And that's when I was taught how to bang walls together because Frank was just doing layout. It was easy. It was safe. You know, it weren't even really cutting, but that development had a bunch of houses. So it was all various phases. I remember pouring footings that summer with the guys. And that's when I learned, you're not supposed to put your hands in concrete. I thought it was just cool to play with the concrete. You know, it's like, no, it'll dry it out. So I just, that's all I've ever really known. And then I think I can answer that question, Brian, as far as when did, when did we kind of, when did dad pass the reins? We had a custom back in 2015. We had a series of customs and dad, dad was never really the best communicator, I think with clients. And that's one where they were starting to get pretty upset. And Brian was kind of, it was like, okay, I think it's time to just, and you know who I'm talking about, Brian. Mm -hmm. In fact, I kept, I'll tell you guys the story. This is really who my personality I kept getting CC'd on all these emails. They don't have anything to do with me. And the daughter of the family we were building for, the couple, she this had no so passive to do aggressive. Anything. This is just pure passive aggressive. Oh, yeah. I just, pure passive aggressive. Uh, her name was, I think, Laura. She was always very nice to us. Like she bought, brought Kyle and me beer. And so, you know, we apparently we had some kind of um, whatever. But I keep getting these emails and finally I'm like, this is getting a little annoying. So I reply all and I deliberately get her name wrong. And I'm like, hey, Laura, can you take me off this list? I'm not the person that can answer those questions. <laughs> and I got the, oh, so sorry about that. It was Now that I say it out loud, it kind of sounds mean at the time. It just, <laughs> maybe because in the midst of it all, you know, there was emotions and it was like, okay, I'm going to kind of let her know she's not that important. And she's also not the client. She's just related to the client. And so we, I've kind of been the person that does that periodically with like neighbors or people that will come over and get upset at us is passive aggressive is the way to go as opposed to just aggressive. You're the bad cop. Yeah. Yeah. But somehow come off sounding like the good cop, Jamie, sometimes. <laughs> I don't know how that works. 
But I think it was that job. You're good at your job. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think it was that job where we were like, okay, might be time to kind of pass it on because the way that, that you could build and communicate in the 70s and 80s, it's just not the way you can do that now in 2015, 2020. And so that was that was where it was like, okay, it's time to just have Brian be that person. He's a better communicator, you know, more consistent, easier to understand. Brian's a good teacher. Like if, if social media doesn't see this, but if you listen to him explain complex subjects to the kids, his kids, you know, like sometimes I'll take a stab at it. Brian's like, well, Ethan, why don't you ask Uncle Timmy? And like partway in, Brian's like, or another way you can think of it is this. And I'm like, oh, that's way better. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I'll swing the hammers. I'll be passive aggressive. We'll let Brian communicate with the clients. Well, I will say on the passive aggressive front, I think the DNA is definitely the, there. So I don't like mind games or power games. Like, just be real. And I've been going to the county or city or whatever since I was like 17 years old, maybe earlier. Dad wouldn't give me a lick of information for what I would need to do for submitting for permits, anything. It was just like purely sink or swim. But anyway, I would always just bring a book <laughs> or a magazine or something because I'd have to wait in line before I could see the permit tech or whomever it was. And I would see these grown adults getting so mad waiting in line that by the time they got up there, they were ready just to fight. <laughs> and I would just be reading a book, like, just relax. But, you know, there's like the power yep. move where the person, like, has you on hold and you're just sitting there waiting. And then they're like, okay, now I can talk to you. Well, I would just have my book and they would be doing their power move. And then they would get to me and I'd be like, hold on a second. Finish my page. <laughs> That's a power move. <laughs> and now you may talk to me, the child of the builder. <laughs> Brian won. Yeah. Counter zero. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I said, when did your dad hand over the business? And you said, well, we were building a custom and you didn't need to finish that. I was like, nope, got it. <laughs> you mentioned earlier about your personalities. Is there something in your past or something in your personalities that drove Tim to be the carpenter and Brian to be the builder? Or is that just chance how it worked out? Or is there, is there reasoning by, oh. <laughs> for those that can't see, Tim just pointed to his but... biceps. <laughs> oh, Brian's got some too. Just to... Who's got the weighted vest on? You know, that's Brian's right. got an 85 yeah, pound vest on, vest. so I don't yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> So I think much of the decisions that the company's made is. Go ahead, Brian. I think there's a. Sorry, I'm sure I've got a slow internet connection, Timmy. Yeah, it's it's a. Go for it, Timmy. For me, the job site, you know, is the older stuff. We um, we had a little tree house on the piece of property that we built. I remember my uncle Gary. it did most of the building, but I would work with him on it after school. And he lined me out on how to side. You know, I look back now and I'm just like, he had a kid on an extension ladder, siding, you know, hand nailing. But we would, our friends would come over. We would drag an extension cord out to the treehouse. We had this little TV and we would just like, we'd walk up to the local convenience store, load up on candy, but we needed a place to pee at night, right? You wake up in the middle of the night from all the <laughs> soda. So I built the pee deck. Which was a, you know, I was like, how old were we, Brian? I was like 12 or 13. We were so know. young. And so we were so awesome. young. So I built this thing, you know, with a handsaw, cut the, cut the studs, 
And it was just purely based on what I had seen the, the guys do on the job site. I mean, we had three of us standing on that thing sometimes peeing out into the bushes in the middle of the night. <laughs> so I, it's just apparently in my blood. I don't know. It was just, just what and, I gravitated to. Well, and even Timmy, he built me a quarter pipe. Oh. Uh, and for, yes, for rollerblading, oh, right. yeah. as you might assume. <laughs> not, but what's not peeing. What's funny about it is I got the blueprints out of the back of like Inline Skater magazine. So like even there, there was like this differentiation between project development and execution of construction. Um, yeah, there was definitely an aptitude, maybe on both of our parts, but I think our company has just responded organically to whatever the need was. So Timmy being older, there was more of a need for a field worker. And by the time I was coming along, there was a need for like a cleanup guy filling out permits, filling out um, like credit applications for different suppliers. So I was filling a different need that dad had as far as his capacity was concerned that somebody in the past had done for him. Interesting. Yeah, that quarter pipe. Which is important. <laughs> yeah, I remember we, uh, it was like $400 in materials. We drove to Evergreen. We loaded up everything we needed. We built the thing. I think Jeffrey came over, my cousin. They live next door. He was a lot younger. But I never, kind of in my typical fashion, I never really quite finished it. So at the bottom, which is not entirely my fault, the way that the quarter pipe comes and rolls into the ground, you have to leave enough of a lip because the plywood would break. And you're supposed to bridge that with a piece of metal. We never got the piece of metal. And so I can still remember Jeffrey yep. just heading right for it. Just face plants. Because he just... <laughs> and then, then when we moved, we're just like, what do we do with the quarter pipe? So we just wheeled it down to their house and left it there for I don't know how long. I don't even know what they did with it. I should yep. probably ask Uncle Jimmy. Maybe it's still How around. tall was it? Probably still there. Uh, uh, how tall? It was a four-footer, uh, if I remember feet? right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so would you guys launch off it, or would you just go up and come back down? Mostly. Oh, I never even used it. I was too scared. <laughs> I used it like crazy, but it was mostly like just going up to the coping, like stalling out and going back down or just popping up to the top, the little platform up there. Yeah. But kind of related to that, now this has become a, a rollerblading podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to get a rail to be able to do like grinding on it, right? So I figured out, like I worked with a metal company to get the pipe, cut it, bend it, and have an angle on it so it would be going downhill. Then I went to the batch plant and I had bar and rebar to be a cross piece and tires. And they just gave me free concrete and cast it in mud. One of the call, uh, pipes was a little shorter than the other one. So it was a transportable rail to be able to take if we wanted to go around and be able to rollerblade and do stuff. So great. there was, dad was always a problem solver and so I think some of that just kind of came through of going, well, here's what I want to do. And then it was just like, take each step and try to figure out what to do. And then work with people like the metal shop fab, uh, the metal fab shop, um, work with the concrete guys and then just make and it And that explains why you're the general contractor and Timmy is the carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, and there's more stories with that thing. You know, Brian and his friend Justin were busy moving it and lost control of the wheels, and they went flying out over into a highway. 
just barely missing cars. So I mean, oh, shit. yeah, I yeah. could, but it's the same yep. hill. It's the same hill where we had a development called Countryside, and somebody left like this junker car with no steering wheel, like burned out car. And Dad is too cheap to just get somebody to haul it off, so he gets the idea with one of the carpenters that if they can at least push it onto a county road, the county has to take care of it. And so dad's, I remember him coming home and he is just like covered in road rash. And so he tells the story that they hook a chain up to it and they decide that they're going to push the car down the same hill. He's got a vice grip as a steering wheel and they're honking as they go past and all the framers, we probably had three or four crews. They were all hollering like, oh, this is so funny. Well, as they started to go down the hill, the chain breaks off. And so Dave tries to like speed around and get in front of it. Dad just cranks the wheel and bails into the ditch as the car goes across the same road oh that like five God. years later, Brian puts wheels, concrete wheels across. <laughs> and that's where they left it. The uh, county came and got it. Talk talk, <laughs> talk about Instagram gold. Yes. And Mike, since Mike spent time in Switzerland with us, I think he could probably totally see that. Then, you know, the family resemblance is quite strong yeah. between Dad and Brian and I. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> you guys look so innocent. I don't know if I believe that. Right? Well, like, <laughs> like Britney Spears, we're not that innocent. <laughs> that was a pretty good pull from a Britney Spears lyric. It was pretty quick. <laughs> I feel like if you've got a brother, though, two Let's brothers. Be honest, we're all doing that little dance thing in our head. <laughs> all of us. I feel like brothers always have stories like that, though. I mean, like my brother and I moved the trampoline under the house, under our two-story house and jumped off the house onto the trampoline. (laughs) And we got in a lot of trouble for that. And so then my mom was like, you can't jump off the house onto the trampoline, right? We're like, well, okay. So we moved it under the tree house that we built and jumped out of the tree (laughs) house onto the trampoline. Like You can't jump off anything onto the trampoline. You got to jump on the trampoline. That's it. You can't jump off anything. So, and my dad was a builder, so... It was like we framed our own treehouse. We just framed extra two-by-fours from framing, you know, onto the tree as our ladder. So every few weeks, we'd have to put an extra nail in it, you know. I feel like brothers, especially of builders, always uh, always have those stories. Yeah, my, I'm sure Mike's my got brother and I, you know, our dad put us to work on the borderline of child labor, <clears throat> breaking child labor laws. But we were uh, in a project that he developed one year, and... The early part of the summer, there was an asphalt company or paving company that went out of business or just retired it, and they had a bunch of equipment. And my dad bought it all. And two of the pieces were two 1953 Mack trucks. One was a six-wheel dump truck, and one was a water truck. So we used the dump truck all the time, moving dirt around on site. I was able to drive the link belt and excavator, so I was always the excavator link belt guy. And uh, Seamus could drive the trucks. Well, the water truck used to sit on the side of the project and never really got used that off, maybe once a summer. So it was the middle of the summer. The dust was flying. So we had to fill up the water truck, and we had to water the dust down. But there was no batteries in these things. They didn't start. You had to push start them, right, because they were stick shift. So I'd get behind the truck in the uh, link belt, and I'd track it up, and I'd start pushing it. Each Seamus would pop the clutch and it would start, right? That was fine in the dump truck. He was used to it. But the, the water truck, we hadn't 
done it in a while. So he gets into the water truck. He sticks his thumb out the window, thumbs up. All right. I start pushing. I got maybe two feet. And next thing I see the door kick open and I see his leg fly out. And then he jumps horizontally for about six feet out. And he's <laughs> waving his hands around his head and he's shaking. He sat on an old vinyl seat that was ripped open. And there was a bee's nest in the seat. And they were like the bumblebees, you know, the furry oh, wow. ones, the big furry bumblebees. And he had like six or seven stings right on his ass. And yeah, oh man, it was hilarious. It reminded me of Tommy Boy. Your weapons are useless against them. <laughs> that was a good one. Did, so you had already started pushing the water truck? Did it stop? No, it stopped. But you know, when you, uh, okay. when you push down the clutch and you release... The gears kick in, so yeah. it's, it either starts yeah, yeah. or it like stops, you know. So yeah, he I pushed it, and he, <laughs> he let it go, and uh, you know it's kind of pushed back on me, and I'm like, what the heck's going on? And then I saw him fly out of there. <laughs> you you do wonder thinking about being kids. I don't remember. Well, I can't remember because I wasn't alive yet. But Timmy, do you remember how old re you were when you walked up the ladder when Dad was working? You were like two oh, years geez, old or so. something. Yeah, I mean, maybe three. But Dad was up on a second floor. I don't know if it was work or at home, but either way, Dad turns around, and there's this little kid in the window opening that had climbed up the ladder. And Dad's just like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> nice and calm and goes and gets him. But there's probably some aptitude, um, you know, that I think a lot of us have. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dad's a, he's gonna be a framer <laughs> he's not afraid at all <laughs> yeah and then, then my first test in like first grade you know you get your grades back and he's like yeah he's definitely gonna be a framer <laughs> scholastically <laughs> well i mean you gotta be pretty good at math, High math scores has... everything else is kind of yeah yeah framing's the hardest trade i yeah. i've done a lot of them framing is yeah. the hardest trade i think it's the most fun it's definitely satisfying and challenging. I mean, you guys, I mean, it's you guys trip. are in the rain and, and everything. I mean, yeah, I don't know how you guys, uh, do by you guys, I mean, big T down there. It's a, <laughs> it's, you know, it's pouring down rain and I look on Instagram and there's, there's Timmy in his rain suit framing a house and nobody in Knoxville, Tennessee is framing. It. They're not walking outside if it's raining. Yeah. Period. They, I think they Not melt California down here either. if it rains. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, I think there is a little bit of a... It looks like it's always raining when on social media. It's not always raining, but it, the fact is it rains. And the same thing in like Portland and up in British Columbia. But we do not handle the, the heat very well or the cold because we don't get really either. So, you know, you see guys in North Dakota framing and it's like crazy yeah. cold. We don't mm -hmm. even show up if it's 22 degrees. We just know it happens twice a year. What's the yeah. point of even trying? And same thing if it gets, if it's going to be over 90, then we'll probably start early and quit, quit by 11. Cause it's just not, it only, it doesn't happen often. Whereas yeah. for a lot of you guys, yeah. the rain is the, is the same. It doesn't rain that much. So when you do it, it's like, what's the point of dealing with it? Yeah. When you get used to it, it's really not that bad. Yeah. <clears throat> it's the gray that kind of gets to you after a yeah. while. It's not so much the rain as it's just like, and none, like, none of us think we're dealing with depression yep. until March. And we get those like first week of sunshine where it's enough to be in t-shirts. And all of a sudden we feel like we just have all the energy yep. in the world. 
I'm like, okay, so I was depressed since last yep. October. <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's finally sunny out here on the coast, finally this week. But, of course, it's 85 and 90. Now, all right, guys, lots of water. Anybody feels hot, go sit in the truck in the AC, keep an eye on each other. <laughs> like, we can't handle the heat. Yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, one Are you guys right sure. on the coast? Go ahead. Pastor uh, Jamie. All right. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I know you are. You send me a picture of you talking in front of the coast every day. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's great. <laughs> Timmy and Brian, are you are you guys right on the coast? So, no, definitely not the ocean. Yeah. But the Puget Sound comes in in the northwest corner of Washington. And so there's just miles and miles of coastline. Mm. So it's not the ocean per se. It's salt water, but yeah, there's water all over the place here. Gotcha. Gotcha. And Jamie's talking about seasonal depression. It never gets below like seasonal depression. It gets really foggy in San Francisco. What are you, a marshmallow? It gets really foggy. Doesn't ever get above 90 or below 50. He's like, listen, tell me me about it, guys. It's terrible here. It's been a it's been a foggy summer. It's quite depressing. Sometimes okay? the fog rolls in off the ocean, and I just get really depressed. I can't see the whales. It's terrible. Great, Danny. Great. Good. 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 <laughs> Asshole. So, speaking about how tough carpentry is, Tim, do you worry about the physical aspects on your body and your longevity? I know you're only in your teens right now, but you know, 20, 30 years from now, are you worried what might happen? Um, Oh, what's a good way to answer that? Um, yeah. So two years ago we were setting up footings that is exactly what I was doing today and yesterday. And that's where I started. I could tell I'm like, Ooh, my lower back is just not healing. I don't have any structural issues. Like never been in a car accident, never had a job site injury. That was like more than a couple of stitches, you know, pinching your fingers type of stuff. Um, that was where I was like, what's going on? Framing, it was fine. And then later that spring, probably six months later, we had two big foundations. And that's when I was like, uh, I don't think this is going to work quite the way it's been working. But that was me as still the guy yeah. framing walls. And if people on social media, they'd be like, why are you 44, 45 and you're still framing walls? Like, shouldn't you just be the layout guy? And it's like, yeah, but there's just two of us and a couple of forklifts. So you kind of just, everybody does everything. Um, now we've got a couple of younger guys. I think one is 27, the other's 32. And they need the experience framing walls and it's time for them just to do it. And so really, I think for especially this calendar year, I'm only on site. When I'm on site, <laughs> I'm not there, you know, doing the framing. But like I was telling Brian, the, a couple, I don't know, like three weeks ago, I think I was on site framing stairs for like six hours and I felt fine. But then the next day I'm like, Hmm, that doesn't feel. And same thing this morning, I wake yep. up and I'm just going setting up footings. And I, I was doing most of the directing yesterday, but just driving stakes on footings. You're just bent over the whole time today. The whole time we're lifting to grade, you know, I'm yeah, the sledgehammer stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's just a three pound mall, but still, you're driving a thousand stakes and tying yeah, those still, tying yeah. rebar. Yeah. And even though yep. I'm trying to teach the guys how to do it, I have to show them how to do it and then show them at the pace that you can mm-hmm. do it. And so when I left today about noon, 
Yep. I was like, okay. So, but we're in a good spot where I don't have to feel like I need to be framing the whole time or siding or foundation work. So it's, um, it's working out well that I don't have to look and go, I'm going to be 55 and framing interior walls. You know, like <laughs> that's just not going to happen. Yeah. You got to cycle in the younger guys. I jumped in with the crew a couple months ago, pretty heavy, j- just for a day. The fog. Just, I was running the gun, just nailing shear. Damn, my arm just fell apart. Just running the gun. Like six hours done. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, Is that it's, a day uh, that the fog lifted? It's tough on the body. Oh, so weak. The day the fog lifted, yeah. <laughs> the thing, the part of me is, was like, it's nice being on, like, but you are working outside. You're moving. Like yeah. I don't. I wouldn't want to be. What'd sitting you in do a that cubicle. seventy-five hard for? Or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> I can still nail some shear. I can still nail some two and twelve pretty quick. Well, that's the thing. It's fun to do it for a day or try, jump in for a half a day. Yeah. And, but Tim's well, doing it every well, day. Well, like what Tim said though, is you got you got to jump in. It's not. It's not showing off to the guys. One thing I like I said last podcast. It's it's nice to like jump in and like remember how hard the guys have it right like these are big i mean we're doing 12 foot walls two by six two by six framing sheared they're heavy you know and it's it's big and then you're so understanding like remembering what they're going through you know hour 40 of a long week and then um it's I know I, I I still like it's nice to work though too like it's nice to be out grinding with the guys a little bit it's nice to hump and move and it's it's a little bit it's a little bit therapeutic nice. if you're in like like Brian's spot or our spot you know you've got all this other stuff you're trying to force guys on site to get on site and finish things or you know think things that you don't have any control over but when you're out with the tools on you have control over what's in front of you so it is nice to get out and like yeah. Just get the tools on and like well, forget about it, all. It, it, but it goes to a journeyman. Like so, so like I'm a mm-hmm. journeyman carpenter. I'm a journeyman framer, right? So, like Tim was saying, it's like showing the guys how fast you can go. Yes, you got to be smart. Yes, you got to think about it. Yes, let's make a plan. But to show them that you can do this many stakes in an hour or or whatever, it's like somebody's got to go show these kids. You yeah, know, even if you're on the older side of it, you can still run. That that's the thing that I find so interesting, Jamie is. The entire time I've been in the trades, I've always been looking for ways to get better at it or more efficient. And you don't know where you're at with that. You're like, okay, well, I was, I'm better than I was five years ago. You know, this thing is smoother. It's kind of like operating equipment. You know that at hour 100, you're better yeah. than hour two. And at hour 2000, you're better. What is interesting, though, is because I got to grow up in it, like I, I'm in this like middle range where the guys that I learned from early on were the guys that learned in the late seventies, everything was hand nail. So when I look at the guys now that come in and I see them swing a hammer or a mall, I, it, it might as well be like a 15 year old kid for this picking up yep. a hammer for the first time. And so like yesterday I was telling Brian, <clears throat> I'm not frustrated by it. It's just more like, I feel like my role now is more of a teacher on site. Yep. where I'm walking past the guys driving stakes and I look over and I was like, okay, I think we just have to go back to basics. You're using your shoulder joint yep. too much and you need to integrate your elbow and your wrist. And I'm like, watch very yep. little effort here. I'm driving the stake and I'm not hitting anything. And one of the guys was like, I was like, are you left-handed or right-handed? He's like, I'm both. And I was like, so that tells me you're really bad with both. So pick one. 
which are you more comfortable? <laughs> yeah, and it, like not being snarky about it, yeah. but it's just like, okay, you think it's cool yeah, to yeah. be, but because if I swing with my left hand, that's what it looks like. You know what I'm seeing from them, right. so it's like, yep. okay, you got to pick a dominant it's awkward. hand, yeah, and that's going to be your one. That's great if you're ambidextrous. That's awesome, but you're more likely to like if I start swinging my with my left hand with a three pound maul. I'm going to hit my wrist. I'm going to be, it's going to be all just like I'm starting again. So 100%. seeing some of that stuff, <clears throat> like uh, what, one thing that I'm trying to figure out how to do like a weekly rant that's like, that's funny and not actually a rant, but it still kind of is a rant. And the thing that passive aggressive really, is. <laughs> weekly passive aggressive rants with big T formerly known as little Timmy. Yeah. yeah some super long title. P-Day with Tim. Yeah. I am yeah. so sick and tired of all the self-described perfectionists on social media. And oh, no, then the Timmy. guys that they always say that they always say that they have OCD, right? Their OCD wouldn't allow for what you you post. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm always just like, yeah, I remember seeing that matchstick men with Nicolas Cage. I feel really bad for you. Hope your therapy goes well. Yeah, because that's debilitating, right? But it's these self-described perfectionists. It is. But they're not perfectionists. They're just misusing the word. And and so what I told the guys yesterday is we can't afford to pay you to be perfectionist. This is a footing yep. that's going to be buried three feet under the ground. And if I tell you the tolerance is a quarter, it's a quarter. If I tell you it's an inch, it's an inch. And and they both just yep. asked and I was like, I'm not kidding. I'm sick of hearing this perfectionist. Your skills are not good enough to be a perfectionist. Mine yep. aren't either. And that's why I'm not one. <laughs> and wow. I'm proud of that. You're yeah, not- no. Well, it's hard to, but you know that, but you're a journeyman. So it's hard to teach that though. Like when I'm so, all right. So if I'm running tractor or I'm laying out for an operator or whatever, and we have our strings up and I know the footing's got to be, you know, center, center of, uh, of stem wall. Right. And the footing's got to be four inches out of sight of that. I'm out there dropping the rock. We're see where yeah. the rock hits and moving over four inches, my eyeball and spraying that like we're running. It's hard to teach that though, because my guys will want to like set. All right level and then set up another batter board for that four inches i was like yo he can't dig it that straight don't worry about it right that's hard to teach and it's and it's and that's why guys our age and our skill level are are still required to be in in the field they're like we are the guys from the 70s yeah yeah (laughs) there's there's not that many left i try to be really patient and view it as an opportunity to learn more patience where i always tell them i'm not frustrated when i hear you say that but i have to teach you at some point you're probably going to leave us your circumstances will change. That's life. Mm-hmm. You can't yeah. make money as a perfectionist and be a framer. And so I've been thinking like uh, a way to, to kind of make to it nope. humorous where you have like, what is, I'm trying to look around my desk. What is actually an eighth of an inch? And so these framers that are saying that they're yeah. framing to the 32nd, I'm sorry. Are you out there with bifocals? They're not making any money. Not, you can't see a 32nd. Exactly. And they're doing it for the money. love of framing. And, that and you know, <laughs> no, no, they're lying to us is what they're doing. Like there's, <laughs> right. there's one framer. I have a lot of respect. They're not doing it to make money. They're lying. They're, they they're lying. It's BS. Yeah. It's not, it's fake. They're out there with planers on mud cell and you're like pressure treated wood is garbage. Like in terms of quality, you can't really, you're going to plane that your laser yeah. detector cannot yeah. go Dimensional to numbers up and down three A's. What are you going to do? Yes. Yeah, that's why we're yep. sitting. But I think, I think to, to be fair to, to these guys and the people that are really learning from social media is if you have an envelope, like we're talking a 16th, 
I think if people could see what they're what they think are are hack like a quarter inch tolerance for a framer, oh that doesn't sound very good. But what is actually a quarter when you look at that? <laughs> mm -hmm. That is plenty good. It's when you get to like this like your guys's work, the high end finish work on the inside of the house. That's where you start to to it demands yeah. more of your own ability and deliver right. If you're a luthier yeah. and you're building a guitar. That is a whole different animal than even like my kitchen cabinets. So it's just, 100%. it's teaching them that it's okay. But, but social media has gotten in, in traits people's heads the way that it, it like seeing the Kardashians gets into a 15 year old girl's <laughs> head. You know, yep. it, it's, no, it's, it's true. What a comparison. It's just not realistic. Well, I think, I know, I know. I was trying to think of a better <laughs> one, but it's like, Hey, they're still on E. So oh, that, was that was perfect. I got a great visual. So, so Zane, that would be like talking about Britney Spears, just so you understand what he's referring to. Well, I think it's important that you guys like you no, convey it's, that, it's true. especially on social yeah, media. That's kind of le leading leading into my next question about you know social media and education. I think both of you guys do an outstanding job on educating people, even with your humor mm -hmm. and your dry humor. I think it's very important in what you do for all these new guys coming in, just as you said, <clears throat> what's a quarter inch, right? Especially when you're framing and you, and these little kids, young guys are watching Instagram and they think everything has to be perfect. And it's Instagram. It's it. Nothing is perfect. It's all smoke and mirrors, you know? So when you have guys like you that they respect and they see that you're being truthful, super important, super important. When did you guys realize that, that that platform was a platform for education because I'm sure you didn't start off on Instagram saying, Oh, I'm going to teach people how to frame. No, for me. Um, so when I started writing for JLC back in Oh three, it was about that time right before that, that we had read journal of like construction, fine home building builder magazine, professional builder, you know, Brian has even bigger list than that. When I went to JLC's website, because it was like the internet was still new ish, right? In the, mm -hmm. in like the late nineties, we try to get on a guitar player, you know, guitar world or guitar player magazine and download <laughs> tab. And it took all afternoon because the connection was yeah. so bad. And so getting on JLC, it's like, Oh, the magazine has a website. I should go to it. And they had a forum and that's where it was like, Oh, there's other people here that are sharing what they know. And so I feel like I was really spending a lot of time on JLC and then on fine home buildings. And that's where a lot of what we do now was directly informed by, we didn't know that it was possible to build rake walls like that. And then I see a guy from the East coast and he's building his overhangs on the rake walls. And I see a guy in Texas and he's building circular stairs and hand cutting roofs. And I'm just like, well, we were hand cutting, but we weren't doing it to the math. And so that opened up all these. And so with JLC, right. my editor, Dave Frain was like, you really need to learn photography because writing an article is one thing, but we need pictures that come with it. We didn't have digital cameras back then that had high enough. I, I spent a thousand dollars on the first Canon Digital Rebel, and when that thing finally died, I sent it in like five or six years later, and I got the report back that said we can't repair this due to the extreme sand damage. And I'm like, sand? It was on site. It, it literally hung from the studs. It was sawdust. It was like, yeah. And so, yeah. so it was like pictures and writing for the magazine, and then as the software got you know, they, they kind of changed things at fine home buildings, but we found contractor talk. A lot of guys, that's where I met Canadian carpenter, Joe Canning and some of these other guys. And so the online community 
there's a bunch of us on Google Plus <laughs> that weren't on Facebook. You know, I never did Facebook. So it just morphed eventually into Instagram. But even with Instagram, our my account started as a complete joke. It was like we're jumping over like little burn piles. And, and every video had one of us doing push-ups and just stupid things, right? There was no construction influencer or education. It was just, it was a hobby because my other hobby was photography. And, and then my editor, Chris Ermides, he's over at this old house now. In like 2017 or 2018, he was, he was starting to go to these events on behalf of the magazine. Like Milwaukee would bring a bunch of people in. I, I think they call it Pipeline now. And they would show all their new products. And he was like, I think you should take it seriously because, you know, magazines, books, that's, that's kind of going the way of the dinosaur. Now it's social media and it's YouTube. And so I still didn't take it seriously. You know, I didn't know my password, you know, video editing. None of us knew how to do that kind of stuff. But it, I, I think it started especially then where it was like, okay, we could, Instagram was 15, what, 15 second video clips at the beginning. So any of your content needed to be under 15 seconds. So it's, it's cutting like an LVL hip with a beam saw. <clears throat> so it's super basic, but it was just an extension from the, from the trade magazine education side. And then, I mean, honestly, who of us would have ever thought it would be what it is? I mean, what great advice from him yeah. to, to actually see that and oh, have yeah. the foresight to be like, this is coming. I mean, even then, you know, I mean, that's, I feel like those things are still going the way of the dinosaur and that was years ago. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was great foresight for for him and and great yeah yeah and what oh i got to work with such great people over and and even now um clayton decorn over at jlc one of the smartest most thoughtful people in our industry period Mm. we him and i were supposed to do a little thing at the roseburg booth at ibs and then he his whole family got covid like like the day before i think i got the call in vegas and it was going to be talking about education in the trades and Clayton has such a a nuance. Like you see people draw a line in the sand. You hear this sometimes on these other podcasts where people are like, you know, don't go to college. All you're going to do is get debt. You should just, you know, go and work in the skilled trades. Well, there's a lot of advantages to that. Right. But Clayton's like, why not do both? What's wrong with going to college? Yep. What's wrong with going to, you know what I mean? In other words, it's not an either or, but depending on you, it could be, it could be, and it could be both. So, He's such Hybrid, a thoughtful yeah. guy. Dave Frame, my first editor from San Francisco Bay Area, he was very detail-oriented and meticulous. And so he would challenge me. If I made a comment about a tool, he's like, how do you know that's true? Read the manual. And so when I look back at like the stuff that I get snarky about on social media now, where people are like, you don't need to do that. Read the manufacturer's instructions. Well, that all comes from Dave. Make sure that you know it. Before you go and you tell somebody this is how you should do it, are you sure? Yep. <laughs> so, and now like some of your your stuff, Jamie, over the years, yep. where you're like, yep. because That's people didn't do the window instructions, here you're on a job replacing all their windows, right? Yeah. Follow the yep. instructions. I have my old my old partner, bless his heart, who took me on when I was a young kid and got me to where I am. But he called me yesterday and he goes. I'm putting in these windows and here's how I want to do it. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> and anyway, he's a 64 year old guy, right? And I go, <laughs> read the manual. What does the sticker <laughs> on the window say? Because <laughs> you got to do yeah. it per the manufacturer's yeah. specs or yep. it won't be warranted, sir. <laughs> okay, thanks, Jay. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, yep. yeah, good advice. Uh, 
So, hey, so Tim so, or Tim and Brian, so you guys, I mean, obviously have big accounts. Do you guys ever find any like, are any stress associated with running the account? Uh, <laughs> so, something that Instagram does now is it allows you to collaborate on a post, and um, I, I don't know how to say this. I've got really nice followers, and like maybe twice a year, I'll get a negative comment. Like almost never do I get anybody. Now, uh, Facebook can be a totally different animal, um, but generally speaking, and Instagram is my primary one. However, sometimes Timmy will invite me to collaborate on one of his posts. I'm just like, oh man, there's so much negativity. These guys are so mean. And uh, yeah. So trolls. So for trolls Timmy's account, it's a totally different bird. Yeah. But uh, the types of people who follow me, uh, well, I, I won't keep talking about that. I'll let Timmy talk about how he deals with it. Uh, I don't have any stress about social media, zero. And I never did. It. Um, I, I didn't know what I was doing, period. It was like I got into it. My, my photography account, Sonic Screwdriver, was purely a – we were learning all these great places to visit Oregon and Washington that we never would have found through except social media and a really good community of photographers in the area that like we even, Nikki and I went up to Mount Rainier one night we're walking and there was a guy that was in a photography group, um, Saqib. He works for Amazon. You know, he came over from Pakistan when he was 11. We had never met in person and we're looking at the mountain. We turn around and this guy says something and we're like, Saqib, like never met. But he recognized Nikki and I from we had kind of matching jackets, apparently. I didn't even realize it at the time. Different color, but same jacket. And we we chatted with Saqib for like two hours waiting for the Milky Way to come up. And then we were out shooting. Um, people that you just have a connection with. And this keeps happening where you show up at night. You don't even see. You don't know who the person is, but you're there for the same reason. Just very nice people. So that was my, my um, experience with Instagram. Then over time, you know, the trolls come. You always know when you hit the explore page because you just get the dumbest comments. And I, there's not a politically correct way to say it. These are dumb people yeah. making dumb comments. They're not rational. They're not reasoned. But boy, they're full of ego and arrogance. And so that it's the, the good news is, yeah. you know, you hit the explore page. Yep. That means you're getting more exposure. The bad part of it is, is the idiots have come out. And that's yep. what they are. And they're, they're, um, they're deliberately ignorant. And, and you know I can be that way too, so I'm not going to get on my high horse about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've only had a couple. I've only had a couple posts that go kind of crazy, and it, the comments just got out there. Yeah, <laughs> I just choose not to engage. I'm just like whatever. Yeah, and I, I kind of go back say, and forth. I tend to engage. I engage. I engage just because of <laughs> the algorithm. It'll put it out more. You'll get more exposure. Even if they say something like that looks stupid, you can answer it with some yeah, of them Saturn get way has too a ring deep, on. Though. You know, it, it just has to have a response. It doesn't even have to make sense. <laughs> well, there well is... my favorite was like, why would you do that? Are you an earthquake yes. country or something? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. There's, there's a strategy, Mike. I'll circle back around to that. But as far as the stress for me, I never had any. Um, I just posted. Like we'd be doing something and I'd say to Kyle, it's like, dude, I think that that's worth posting because it's something I wish I would have known early on. And so it's like, here, hold the camera yeah. and, and it would take 15 seconds because literally that's all we could post early on. 
Um, I didn't know anything about algorithms or any of that. I'd have other people tell me, they're like, you don't seem to care what you're posting. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? They're like, well, the algorithm likes certain kind of con. I'm like, what is the algorithm? I think Mr. Beast on YouTube, I've seen some interviews where he's like, instead of saying algorithm, just substitute audience. Mm-hmm. Your audience will either like or yeah. not like something, yeah. you know, instead of thinking it's some equation 100%. that's out to get you. But for me, it was never stressed not. like, oh, I haven't posted anything. I need to post. It's like, this is still yeah. kind of fun. Like before you guys got on, I don't have a YouTube video edited for this weekend. Nikki and I are going to head up to the mountains tomorrow night so we can go hiking at uh, Lake Ingalls. The larch trees turn this brilliant orange and it's going to be a brutal hike. We've done it before, but I'm like, ah, oh, I could put together something. Well, if I don't get it posted, I don't get it posted. Yeah. It's not, you, yeah. you, you want to be consistent, but at the same time, this is a business now. It's not really, it's still fun, but I'm not going to let it take over. I'd rather go out and hike. Good. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. And that, I, I think that carries through to some degree inadvertently, you know, like I'm sitting here, I've got a mug from when we did the first social media. I also have, you know, here's my vaccine cards, my HSA. It sits in a mug on my desk. But when Huber started doing their like best of social awards, you know, I didn't realize Will Cotton was there. There's Jake Bruton, you know, Hazzy was there. Remember Hazzy that worked with, um, mm-hmm. oh man, that guy there. It's just kind of fun. And it still is fun. Um, last week, I got to go and spend time with the Perkins Brothers out in North Carolina. And those dudes are hilarious, the whole crew. Like, all of their success on YouTube, yeah. they deserve every second of it. Because having dinner with them the night before, and I, won't, I don't know how much Eric would want me to say on, on a podcast, but I'll say enough. They're a bunch of guys teasing each other. We're all having fun. He's like, yeah, I got to head out. My daughter's got soccer. He has to, you know, then he tells us the next day, he's like, it was awful. I think they lost. It's pouring rain. You know, sitting there just kind of cold and miserable. In other words, they're just people like the rest of us. Yeah. That just are kind of fun. And that's so that's that's still the fun side like this. And you guys, you know, spending time in Switzerland with uh, Mike and the rest of the crew. It was just fun. So I I just don't I want to take social media seriously because there's good things. How about. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask Brian, like, how about you, Brian? Because you put a lot of content out. How do you feel? Yeah, I've got a few different motivations, but I think sometimes it's easy to overthink and overanalyze. We just seem to be in a world of overthinking and overanalyzing and over-talking and justifying. And sometimes you just need to stop thinking and do. And I think that to a degree is what Timmy's saying. But there are definitely some underlying motivations for me. Um, there is the business side, but I've always been a teacher. Like just naturally, I enjoy explaining things and I enjoy understanding how things work. So for me, I might be interested, you know, there has been a variety of things that I would like to integrate into our designs, our construction, but you can only try so many new things. And if you try them simultaneously, you'll just lose it. But if you can just do incremental improvements, so when we get to the point of doing something new, then I'll really sink my teeth into it. And then when I talk about it, hopefully I can explain it because I understand it, including possibly hours of research and conversations. Not that that's even the end goal is for me to post about it. It's to integrate it in the construction. Then as a byproduct, when I talk about it, 
I know what I'm talking about, you know, with like the technical specs right. and things like that. But I also, uh, this might sound a little weird. I like to make people actually happy. So if I can do kind of the joyful things or the jokes and what have you, I want my account to be one that people can just know, like all every once in a while, I'll get somebody who will use profanity or something like that. And I might DM them. I might not. And I might just say, hey, great comment. I really don't mean to sound weird, but I want my account to be very accessible. Would you mind reposting mm -hmm. that and just cut out the cursing? And they're always like, totally get it. They'll delete it, repost it. And it's like so, so kind of them. So if I can do that, make mine like, yeah. again, it might sound weird, but a safe place that people can just know they can read it, enjoy themselves. And also try to have the humility that I do not have all this figured out. So if I can approach it with yeah. from that perspective and have people who will comment genuinely helpful, like, oh man, didn't even think of that. You know, Eric Ani from Mechanical Hub, I've spent time talking with him. It has made me a better builder. I'm afraid um, to post any regularly because of him. <laughs> I know I'm going to get it wrong. <laughs> yeah, and he's called me out for sure, but it's made me a better yeah. builder, yeah. hands down. And, um, you know, I'll post a question in my stories, and I've tried to kind of, not intentionally, but it's kind of fallen that way, almost like a branded with my gray background and a question. Hey, how do you guys do such and such? I just did one this week. Mike responded to it, and it's like I will get those who are such expert professionals in their trade, boom, it just made me better. And then I try to pay that forward yeah. to other people like, hey, here's what I just learned. And then I'll start going down the rabbit hole and then eventually post on that thing. And it'll hopefully be a professional execution of that idea. So do you, do you get any anxiety from having to post, keeping up with the page, or being in front of the camera? No, uh, personally, I don't. And part of the reason is I don't, I don't care what my number's at anymore. Um, if it goes up, it would be nice. But because I'm on Build Show Network, that is more where I want to make sure that I'm keeping that going as far as content is concerned. And then the other stuff is kind of like when I am on site and there's things that make sense to do it, then absolutely I'll be filming about those things. But at the beginning, when you ask, like, tell me about yourself or whatever, I'm a builder and a dad of three kids and this other stuff I enjoy and I want to do professionally, but that is not my identity that it's bound up in. At least I hope it's not. Tell us about how the build show got started or how you were approached or how, how did that work out? I don't remember exactly like with so many things, Timmy's got a way better memory than me when it comes to chronology, but it was probably four or five years ago that Matt talked to Reisinger, talked to Timmy and me at the International Builder Show. And he wanted us to join. And I don't remember why we didn't, but it just wasn't the right time for whatever reason. Well, then, yeah, I can answer that go ahead. for you. I, I didn't want to be attached to anything. I didn't, I still, like I said, <clears throat> I didn't start doing sponsored content until what, like 2018, 2019 with Simpson Strong Tie. I had reached out to Strong Tie Andy, 
was always answering my questions on. And I was like, hey, I really feel like there should be something here. If everybody's installing the hardware wrong and we're using the hardware, we should, there should be something. We should do something. And he put me in touch with marketing. So I was like, I'm just doing this for fun. If I get affiliated with somebody, then maybe that seems like it's too corporate and this is still pretty fun. But early on with Brian, I think the expectation of the amount of content you were supposed to provide was just outside of your schedule. And so it was like, no, yeah. sorry. Yeah, it, it, you're 100% right on that. But that came about after talking to Matt. Um, I ended up sitting down with him and Joey and Matt wanted me to do like four posts a month, something like that, basically weekly. And I was like, no, I can't. I don't want to take that on. I've got enough on my plate as it is. And that would have been pressure, Jamie. Good for, good for you. No, that's, and then, that's great. What was it last, a year and a half ago? I just had a feeling, and every once in a while you see what's coming down. And I was like, I just feel like there's going to be inflation coming down the pipeline. And I think I must have reached back out to them and Matt acquiesced to me doing two posts a month or two videos a month. And, and it's been great. And it, I've gotten enough experience in my camera person. We work so well together that if needed, I can knock out videos very quickly and get a lot done in a compressed period of time. So uh, that's very much that's worked out. I don't make a heck of a lot of money from build but again it was kind of the same thing of this just seems like it's going to make sense and sure enough it has so um i think part of what is beneficial for timmy and me is he's got the awesome framer side of things that is totally unaffiliated with anybody except himself like he's not beholden to anybody and then i get the build show side of things which is really a different media outlet and so for vendors who might be interested in working with us, it's kind of like I can reach out to them and say, hey, oh, and by the way, here's what Timmy has going on. And then I, <laughs> I think I get the better end of the stick on that. But, you know, Timmy can do the same thing if he wants to reach out to somebody and say, hey, by the way, my bro brother's over on uh, Build Show Network with Matt Reisinger, and maybe you'll get some and egg in there. It. Yeah, that's working out well. I, um because as, as we talked a couple years back, because early on, Brian and dad were super skeptical. Like this is, it, rightly so, right? Early on, this is just, mm -hmm. really was more of a time waster. Like what was the upside? You're posting and interacting with people, but, but there, nothing was really coming of it. But once, right. I think Brian, I remember sitting in the van at Lakeshore. So I don't know, maybe, maybe three years ago. And you were, you were about ready to pull the trigger with Build Show. And I was like, I think we should do it because if we're trying to build spec and inflation, like in my mind, at least, I don't know about yours. What's to prevent today's what October 4th, 2023 from being exactly the environment dad was trying to build in 1980 with 18% interest rates. I mean, can you imagine what people would do now? I mean, 7% was historical in average yeah. 18 would just, yeah. and so we're like, I think we should, we should, we just kind of organically came to the conclusion if Brian's working with build and I'm trying to grow YouTube, between the two of us and together, if we can partner with companies where we're able to generate content on the one side and on the other side, work with companies that actually want to get their information, here's how you install things correctly, 
then it, it's a little bit of diversification for pioneer builders. Yeah. hundred percent. I think it's, it's great. It, yeah. And well, it's worked out. So like now I, if I reach out to a company, I can say, Hey, here's my social channels. This is what I do. This is my focus. I'm kind of fortunate in that I get to, I get to play that card. I also was a contributing editor at JLC and have written for them for now. Literally well, you earned it. Years. You earned yeah. it. Uh, and Brian works yeah. with Build Show. You know, we would love to work with you. You know, on an iJoyce package or um, on a siding package, right. whatever it is. And and so, I don't think either of us three or four years ago would have been like, "Is this something that can actually happen?" Mm-hmm. But here we are. And so, like um, Brian and I did a video right. on a house we had for sale. It took us like two months to finally get the schedules to align to just go do it. You know, I had Nikki came out and did the filming. And I told her later, I was like, that was pretty tough to edit. I, I need to kind of, you, it, so I'll try to make this brief. <laughs> so we do that and I'm like, hey, reach out to Bill. You know, I'm going to put it on my YouTube channel. This is, this is the project that we started with the land clearing and, and dirt. Now here's the final project. The house is for sale. Brian's the guy that can speak to all the, um, all of the non-framing stuff that I was already covering. Let, now it's, here's the house that's finished. Here's the things that went into the house. This is some of the decision-making. And I told Brian, reach out to Build, see if they'll post it. I don't get anything out of that other than it goes in their newsletter. But that's not a bad thing. And so I think there's a lot yeah. of, like, it's I don't exposure. Mind. It's great. Yeah, yeah. And I don't mind hopping in the video. Like, um, yep. like our podcast started today. You know, I do these podcasts. We don't laugh this much. But for some reason, when Brian and I are together, or if we could get Dad to loosen up, <laughs> You know, Mike, Mike has seen it firsthand. Nothing makes me laugh harder than when the three of us get together and there's, and we're usually making fun of dad for something where, cause, cause he'll, he always had this move where he would tap his <laughs> shoulders and he's like, see how great my idea was. And then in like the next sentence, it falls flat. And so, or like dad's got no poker face. So if we played hearts <laughs> or cards, everybody can look and be like, dad's trying to run it. Dad's trying to run it. And then he gets upset and it's like, you got no poker. So anyway, the three when we get together it's just fun and so it's like if i hop in on a build video with brian then it's a little bit like how our podcast started and so i think i think looking forward we'll see a lot more of the two of us together because we have the schedule for it Uh, i like to edit video i like to learn about editing it's kind of like photography i like to learn photoshop and how do i how do i take a picture of a waterfall and make it look like that guy's picture so that for me that's I, i can't draw i can't paint i can't sing I dance very poorly. You're an artist. You're an artist. So I think that's the side where it's like, I love the Sonic page. The Sonic page is great. Yeah. Yeah, And you know, with all the exposure that you guys have between awesome framers and Pioneer and YouTube and the build show, there's a level of humility that you guys exude that is very endearing. And, and that's why I like watching you guys because I know, you know, you don't know everything you say, you tell everybody that you don't know everything, but it's still super informative very educational and it's funny. So I love, I love watching you guys on there. Yeah. I never know, Mike, you know, like from the other side, because from the time I was a little kid, like I've always been short, you know, I'm, I'm barely five, what five, we actually measured on the job. And I think I was five, seven and three quarters, which my whole life I was five, six and three quarters. So I was like, did I get taller because of the kombucha I drink? You know, it was, a, it was a job five, side joke. He's five, five. Little... he's five five. after yeah. he packs panels. Yeah, yeah. A, yeah. We should yeah, do really. a live. We should do a live. And it's like the world's worst promotion of like Before a new speed square. <laughs> <laughs> Where I got this new speed square. It's an unboxing video. Here's how tall I am. 
But like, it never really bothered me. Like they always called me Little Timmy because I was the shortest on the job site. But the guy that I really looked up to that was just a few years older than me, he always claimed he was 5'10". And we're just like, nah, Jake, you're my height, man. It never bothered me. I, obviously, I wished I would have been more like 5'10 or 5'11, but I just didn't have this. I always knew I wasn't going to be the slowest or the fastest, the smartest or the dumbest, the strongest or the weakest. It's like you're just middle of the road. It's better to just have fun than get hung up on that road. stuff. Yeah. Which is easy for, you 100%. know, I'm a middle child. I have no idea if that ha- dad, I don't know. I just don't remember him or mom ever or uncle Jimmy, you know, like my mom's brother lived next door. I just don't remember any of them like whining that things weren't better or that they weren't, you know what I mean? Where some people like yeah. nothing's ever good enough. It was, we just had fun. Like both no, sides being of the happy, family. Being, yeah. Yeah. Be happy, enjoy our, it. Yeah, and like Mike is a big deal. Our family is. We we say our love language language is the tease. Oh yeah, and that's we just tease. And dad's side of the family is that way, and mom's side of the family. Like when my uncle would call up, if I answered the phone, my sister's name is Kristen, so we always called her Chrissy. So if I, if I picked up the phone, like hello, my uncle Jimmy would say, "Hey Chrissy, can you put your dad on?" <laughs> that this always was just the sense of humor. Like you don't really take offense at things. We had, when we were in Switzerland, so we, one know, night we had dinner right. on the boat. I, I don't know which night. Do you guys remember that? And I, I don't know how mm-hmm. many, there was probably 30 of us yeah. there and I got seated next to the Euler family. And it was like constant ribbing, like across the table, side to side. It was fine. I mean, you remind me of, of my family. We were the same way. Like me great. and my brother would be always at each other. I don't think my dad would ever give a compliment without a, being backhanded it was you know it reminded me very much of of our family that's i think why i kind of kind of stuck to you guys but. that's great well yeah, yeah no we that I, enjoyed that mike the uh, illustration or example that i use sometimes is um i'll ask uh, do, do you know who any of the architects or builders were on the pyramids and um so far, nobody has said Hammurabi, but someday I'm going to find that guy who totally <laughs> takes your the bet. wind out of my illustration. <laughs> but the, the point of it is, that is literally the last of the seven wonders of the world still standing. And nobody knows who the architect was, well, except this guy. And, uh, and nobody knows who actually built it, right? Except for aliens, because they're clearly batteries for alien ships. Just kidding. But to put it in perspective, do this to earn a good living. Build something that's good. I love like the line, strive for excellence, not perfection. Mm. And and understand that people are going to live in these houses. And I've said this to like homeowners. They'll fixate on some little detail or something. And it's like, a little perspective once you move in somebody's going to get sick or there's going to be a car accident something is going to happen and none of this is going to matter you won't remember any of this but during construction you are going to focus on these details but it's like trust me you're not going to worry about it later real life is going to happen that you're going to have to take care of And I think it's probably just mom and dad's example by osmosis, not like they verbalized any of it. 
they were just workers who got the job done and move it on to the next project or the next thing or the next sixth grade graduation and didn't overthink yep. it. I had a, and, uh, um, I had somebody yeah. at the beginning of a walkthrough one time, I think it was a real estate agent or something say, all right, before we get started, let's all remember that this is a, this is a house made out of materials from the earth put together by human hands. It's not going to be perfect. So let's just remember that as we walk through the house, you know, and I felt like that just took all the tension out of the air, you know, and I, I try to remember that now. So I'll, I'll use that occasionally. And, you know, you're right. They'll pick, people will fixate on small little details and, you know, just the craziest things. And then you'll never hear about it again once they move in. And, you know, you're absolutely right. I kind of feel like a lesson that I've I've only realized I've learned in the last few years. Growing up, we never had laborers and we didn't have, like you were a framer or you were a cider mm -hmm. and you weren't, you weren't really treated as just the guy that was just the grunt. And yeah. that had to have been, it, so dad was the cleanup mm -hmm. guy and we were the cleanup guys, you know, we'd come out after school. Right. Um, <laughs> I, when I was like 14. I my, still am. Yeah. I know, right? And isn't it kind of like when you're younger, cleaning up is like, I don't want to do that. It's way cooler to frame. And then when you get older, you're like, I just want to yep. spend the entire day cleaning yes. up. There's like real satisfaction in a clean job site and that stuff I didn't appreciate. Totally. But dad always used to say that there's um, there's reward in hard work. And when you yeah. don't have the, mm -hmm. the even the skill, like I was watching this woman on, on Instagram popped up. Her entire account is splitting firewood. And I was like, she makes yep. it look effortless. But when you're a 14 year old kid splitting firewood, it is not effortless, right? So yep. doing the cleanup with like, if, if dad's back allowed him or his knees allowed him, he would still probably be out there doing the cleanup. And we forget sometimes just how, how scrappy him and mom were. Like we would clean the houses yep. before they went up for sale. Dad would do the windows. Um, you know, as a family, we would have to go out there and I hated every second of it. You know, I'm wiping the baseboard from the putty from the finished carpenters. But when I look back now, I'm just like, they never felt that they were too good to do that yep. stuff. And so for me, I never had that chip on my shoulder that I was blue collar. It was like, I, I used to make the joke and, and we had one, our finished carpenter's son worked with us just briefly. We had a bunch of foundations to do in 03. Miserable work. It's like November. You know, we had this six foot crawl space and I all, you know, all day long, you just jaw at each other. Right. And I'm just like, see, the thing is, Kyle, I'm probably the world's greatest pack ass. Nobody can pack panels out of this hole as well as I can. We're just making a joke. Yep. I'm a mule and I'm, I'm bragging about being a mule. Like no one does that. Except mules. But then when you kind of get good at it, you're just like, except mules. Yeah. And I was talking to a friend of mine. He's like 65 yeah. from Montana as a farmer. And he goes, my entire life, I found such satisfaction in just being a mule. And I'm like, I know what you mean, Craig. It's like, hundred percent. you get done and it's like, whatever that is. So, and, and people look, look down on blue collar. I never had any kind of chip. It was like, this just gives me a real sense of like self-satisfaction. Yeah. It's satisfaction. I, I, I was, I was raised to go, I was in a college prep high school and I was, supposed to go to college and you know whatever stars aligned and here i am i love working with the guys i if i'm on if i'm on like where my boots look at my boots are all right there if i'm on site and a truck shows up 
I'm unloading that truck with the guys. Cause I feel like you got to set an example. Cause I do have an issue with some of my middle management where they feel like that they're better than the laborers. And at the end of the day, we're all trying to build a house boys and girls. Yeah. It's all labor. doesn't matter what you're doing out here. Sorry. Yeah. yeah you could be putting door handles on his labor. So I am the first one to jump in and love to set an example for the younger generation of just humping stuff. Yeah. The example I use, I, I'll ask the question, have you ever watched the drywall stalkers? Have you ever watched a house be stocked with drywall? Yeah. The, now, Brutal. one of my favorite things is when words make perfect sense. It's literally sheetrock, right? It is sheets of rock. Rock. <laughs> and you have people hauling four by 12, five eighths jip board, and they aren't paid that great. I'm, I would imagine. I, I have never talked to them. But no. should that it's person rugged. be treated with any less respect than the finished carpenter? Nope. So, and that's just always nope. been on our jobs. There's never been a pecking order. And every once in a while, nope. we'll get somebody who acts like a jerk. And we had uh, an electrician recently, and he was a jerk to the HVAC contractor. And so I just let it play out, you know, didn't get right in the middle of things. And about a month and a half, two months later, I talked to the like superintendent. And I just said, hey, by the way, this is what happened. I said, we don't have that on our jobs. And I wasn't a jerk to this guy either. And he goes, it will never happen Good. again. And so Good. there has to be a little bit of that feedback and setting of the expectations. And I waited for the two electricians from the company I like. Because that, it, well, number one, they roughed in the house. And I want them to trim it as well. And, and then I had a similar yep. situation with a plumber who was just very difficult to deal with and unprofessional. So as I'm scheduling the next plumbing job, I gave the feedback to the scheduler and he let me know that plumber's no longer with the company. So it's like, you know, it's good. I'm not going to run around playing tattletale and all this kind of stuff. Life is stressful enough and construction is hard enough. <laughs> Why have people coming in being jerks Things are going to go wrong. Let's figure out how we can work on it together and stop being 100%. like, you know, well, basically, I'm better than you are because I do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, if it's not for the jip board yep. stalker, this house doesn't get finished. All of us 100%. have to do the job in order for the house to get finished or it doesn't get finished. So just get the job done. Yep. No, sit. Yep. Synergy is a big deal between the tra different trades and the different subs. I mean, we, we control a lot of them in-house. Like we actually be stocked the sheetrock because it's actually just long runs is cheaper for me to do that, but it's rugged, right? It's rough, but all the way through, if somebody's not getting along and there's static between the our guys on the crew, the crew pushes people out real quick. Hmm. Like the the company culture, yeah. if you there's don't get along, you don't work. You're out. I mean, I mean, that's probably where I am lacking. There's the most tons, tons patience level for having to have a psychology degree also in my back pocket. It's just is not there. So yeah, it's, and it seems like this day and age is just getting more difficult to navigate that. But to your point, you do. We had like to, this morning we had a huge, so I got, we're trying to push to get a job done and I got carpenters there doing a wood ceiling. I got the hydronic guy there doing the quick track and then the sheet rockers just show up with a huge crew. Well, 
can't have all those men in the same spot. But crew handled it great, made some phone calls, moved everybody around, everybody worked together, moved stuff out of everybody's way, and everybody got along. And that's all that matters. Nobody's job is more important. Nobody's job is better than the other guys, right? It's just, if you're, that's the biggest deal. Like, my day-to-day is just keeping 50 men. Yeah, you're like the conductor of nicely together, Basically. It's what it is. And it doesn't have to be met. It, and, uh, like Brian was saying, I say this all the time. Or when a homeowner's cranky, it's hard enough just showing up and doing this stuff. Everybody's hurt. Everybody's beat. Everybody's dad's sick. Everybody has to go to DMV. Everybody's like everybody has a problem. It's hard enough just showing up, and then when somebody on top of that is cranky or mean or vindictive or whatever, it just it's too much. So yeah, being yeah, an or- yeah, being a conductor like my job is. I'm gonna get like you a little, one of those little sticks. Just so you can. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they yeah. they respond really well to that. Me being on top of my truck here. <laughs> what if that would when work? It's going well, you're a conductor. When it's not going well, you're Jamie Jerry Spring. <laughs> you know the chaos is going, and you're like, oh, all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and generally, generally it goes good. I mean, if you have good culture and you have good crew and good subs, you typically it works. Yeah. It goes pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Typically, most days. <laughs> most days. It's it's such a rewarding industry in a lot of respects. Like, I do think when I was younger, the camaraderie of being with the crew, even as a 12-year-old, I remember we were pouring concrete in Strawberry Hill. I think I was in sixth grade. And foundations is tough work. And so dad, I remember uh, we had a, a guy that worked on the crew. I don't know why they called him Jake, but his name was Dave. And so dad was like, you know, here's some cash. Can you run down and pick up burgers? And I got to ride with him. And I thought it was so cool riding around with a Kramer just to pick up lunch. And even though the guys sometimes had their, their moments, there's just its own culture. I think of like Band of Brothers and like there's just um, like the good and the bad. Like you're, you're together when it's raining. Like Dave, the guy that taught me, he was always like, I can handle yep. the rain when I know that I'm not the most mis- miserable. <clears throat> and so you find the guy that's the most miserable and you're like, having a better day than him. You know, that's right. you're on the same crew. <laughs> But it's just like there's something yep, about laughing at him. <laughs> yes, and and it, like it would snap him out. But I remember um, Spring Break. Yep. I was like, it was when the Aerosmith album came out, where it's like the picture of the udder that's pierced, whatever album that was. And it was they rained the entire Spring Break. I remember Jake and I um, scraping footings, and then that was the very first time I was ever up hanging fascia, and I was scared out of my mind. Like you don't lean out. You sit your butt back on the rafter or the truss, right? But we would listen to that Aerosmith album all day. And there was no job site radios. And we'd have to jumpstart the car at the end of the the truck at the end of the day. And it's like, even now when I hear one of those songs (laughs) from that album, I go right back to that house. I should drive over there this weekend and do a story at that house. But then it's the same house. It was two that were set back. And then two. And I remember we had to move model home furniture from the one to the other. And I remember Brian Cameron, who's our one of our drywall guys. I remember Cameron came out because he was a family friend and helped us move furniture. And we're like, we're packing it across the yard, not even putting it in trucks because it's at that point where it's like, is it worth trying to back up a truck just to drive literally to the next driveway? And I just, I have such fondness and nostalgia for all those moments. And I just don't know that you get a lot of that in other industries. It's still stressful, right? Like uh, what do they call it? Concrete fever. Yeah, it's a, a sports yeah. team or a special forces team. Yeah, yeah, 
it's it's not the same. It's my it's 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 the worst part and the best part for me. Yeah. Like deal like Mike says, like dealing with all these people and all these employees and all their problems. Yeah, it's yeah, the problems, right? I love it. I, I would love to share a story on here that I got from one of my guys about another one of my guys, but I can't <laughs> today. But it was awesome. <laughs> like we were dying. It was great. Like you can't write it. You can't make it up. You can't live it. Like it's 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 like being, you know, your varsity football team locker room. Like you, I I I love it, it the men. It's being in the crap with which somebody else. That's weird, what but... it is. <laughs> It's just, it is, it yeah. is, you're in the trenches with a bunch of dudes. Like it's just, and, and, and when it sucks, it sucks. But when you execute yeah. and you win, it's great. Yeah. And everybody's happy and everybody's excited. Everybody's growing. I love it. Like I, that's the, yeah, it, navigating it's, it's, adversity, it's the hardest and adversity brings people the together you know? for me. So when you're in the trenches with all your, all your guys, I yeah. love it. I love the team aspect of it yeah. myself. Well, and I think um, it's funny, Jamie, cause Timmy and I were just talking about this yesterday and that's, you have that. And you are the leader of the men. And there is no doubt in my mind that that trickles down. Not that everybody's going to respond to it and that's on them. But I was just talking to Timmy about that is I want to focus on the company culture of pioneer builders. We have been in survival mode for like six years, five or six years. It has not been an easy time for COVID, a variety of things. And now I feel is like the time... You know, I, I don't read a whole lot of management books, but, you know, I've read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and I'm reading The Eighth Habit, you know, just different things to, it's nice to broaden your perspective a bit. And that's what I would like to see is to have a very defined goal and purpose of what we're trying to do and have that camaraderie with the core with our company and then be able to branch that out into the other um, parts. It, it's got, it, it can't be rigid. It's gotta be now. It has to be real. It's like why your Instagrams are so hot, right? It, it has to be, it has, it's real. It has to be, it just has to be real. You have to genuinely care about people. Yeah. There's a lot of, you have to put, there's a lot of extra that I deal with that I don't share and I don't talk about. But I'm I, I'm happy to do it. Like it, it energizes me. Like I don't know. I told you guys that we're in Chicago. Like I told the guys, I was like, I can make a phone call right now, and there's I they would come pick me up across the country. Like I have a crew. Like it's it's hard to explain. It's it's almost like mafia. Like it's like you have you do you get to a company culture and but but I Did they love me, but I love tell them. us that you run like it the goes mafia both ways. Half me Bay. The mafia doesn't exist. Did just say Chicago. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I say it goes both ways. It goes both ways. It just has to be real. It has to be. It has to be family. It has to be this and that. It, it has to be business too. It's very. It's, it's a. It's a hard line to walk. Really having having crew and bigger and more guys and yeah, it's tricky. It's definitely tricky. But I enjoy it and I love it and it's. I mean, it's it's a big motivator yeah. for me. No, I like personally. it. I think it's almost like. Is it Maslow or Maslow's? Is it Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Where once your basic needs are met, then you can start going up different levels of, as a human, you know, into art and things like that. And I, yep. I feel like we're at that point construction-wise and execution-wise, and not that this should have been the way, but this is just what I'm thinking. 
that it's like our basic needs have been met on that construction side of things, that now I can focus on doing a better job on that company culture side. Like the needs have been met and now I'm in a place that I can take a better lead. Well, like what, what Tim was saying about you, like you're a good teacher. You like to, I'm sure you like to teach. Like it's, it's like, I love, call it turning black belts in jujitsu, right? Like you're this teacher of a school and all of a sudden you train these guys for 10 years, they become black belts. And they're kind of like, as the teacher, it kind of like shows that, hey, I'm doing a good thing here. Well, I've turned contractors. I've signed for several guys. Some guys have gone on uh, out from under me. They've left. I've gone through all that turmoil, right? They've left, and I've been mad about it, this and that. I'm way past that now. I've learned a lot from that. But I've turned a lot of, of contractors. Like, I feel good about that. Like, I've, 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 I've made men. Like, I, I, I like to be a teacher, too. It feels, it feels good. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's very fulfilling to see guys, like, figure it out and grow up and they come in young and they come out and they, I can tell it was a sunshiny day in Wafflin Bay people last week it was foggy yeah I was thinking yeah. when Jamie yeah, made the Jamie's mafia comment it's like yeah. but they're mostly depressed because it's foggy there <laughs> <laughs> they don't get done what they wanted to get done yeah. Yeah. that's why it's so dangerous in Half yeah. Moon Bay <laughs> you better watch you better watch out it's foggy today hey you better watch out it was a full moon jeez <laughs> so guys we have a little tradition on this podcast sorry for the rant a short long tradition that we do called this or that so i've got some this or that questions for you and i've even got some Uh-oh. brother this or that questions so you ready <laughs> now who's laughing now i'm nervous i don't you know you don't get nervous all right first question both of you answer growth or security Security. Security. Okay. Guacamole or salsa? Both. Salsa. Like mixed together. <laughs> wow. Robots or dinosaurs? <laughs> Weirdo. Dinosaurs. Robots. I have a five, uh, seven-year-old boy, so. Okay, this is one of my favorites. Would you rather have no elbows or no knees? <laughs> <laughs> Elbows. The framer is taking some time to think about this. Oh, I, yeah, I need elbows. No, I said I said knees. It just oh. didn't come through. That was okay. instant. Wine or beer? You guys remember that dude that ran really fast? Beer. Beer. Yeah. Scotch yeah. or bourbon? Uh, actually, it's whiskey without an e, so scotch, but. You know, real people who drink scotch would not call it scotch. But anyway, whatever. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Scotch drinkers are all snobs. Every one of them. (laughs) Well, us us whiskey drinkers with an E, we call it scotch. Yes. Would you you rather have out of control body hair or a strong pungent body odor? Out of control oh, body hair. Yep, Tim I agree. With you very quick. As somebody who's de- currently dealing with both, <laughs> I think I would have the one. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Body As hair. who's currently the brother of somebody dealing with both, I'm going to go with him. <laughs> Tim's like, I've actually thought about every one of these so far. All right. Here, here's the, yeah. here's yeah. the brother yeah. this or that. You're so maybe not this or that, but they're brother specific. 
Who was better at keeping secrets? <laughs> Me. Yeah, I think Brian. So that means it's Tim. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have no secrets. We can't tell you the answer to that. Yeah, you read Describe each sibling in just three words. Uh, Loyal, strong, smart. And that's not me. That was me describing Timmy. Uh, Three words. I would, yeah, teaching or education. Let's say teacher, patient. What would be the third word? Strong. Strong. No, so strong. no. <laughs> Say strong. Oh, I'm hearing a whisper. Can I can I use a lifeline? <laughs> yeah. What would be the third? Call your dad. <laughs> Who is the better? Yeah, I, I think loyal is probably what I would say in return. Yeah. Uh-uh. Time's up. Good. Who is the better driver between you? Depends on what machine. I'm it's a better me. excavating no, it operator. Me. It's me. No, like, I'm faster. <laughs> but I'm faster. I think he's um, faster. I am awfully like I don't drive like a grandma, but I do not drive recklessly yeah, in yeah. any way, shape, or form. And I have never been in a serious car accident. So go with that, what you will. There you go. Passive aggressive. Turtle. turtle. <laughs> It's like just put the Kubota in in rabbit. Put it, yeah, in, turtle. Put it in rabbit. I don't know. I think we're both. Brian's very conservative as a driver. Yeah. And any driving the Sprinter, I'm definitely defensive because people are just they're just. All right, who's trench? Who's trench is straighter? Brian's. I would assume it's mine. Yeah. No. There you go. He doesn't know. He would make an assumption. Yeah, Brian. What type of cuisine is your sibling's favorite? Then we'll see if you're right. Is pizza a cuisine? Sure. Yep. Yeah, sure. For Timmy, I'd say pizza. Might not be anymore, but that's what I it know. used to be. Is he right, Tim? Yeah, Nikki's does a lot of like this Asian fusion stuff from his Instagram account. It's really good. I don't know. Brian likes to eat. I, I I'll, I'll say this: Brian's favorite cuisine is hot. He loves to get a good sweat on, and like if we're at a restaurant, we look over, and Brian is happy as a clam, endorphins just crank to 10 and just the sweat coming down so whatever it is it just has to be hot we get along great brian all right which brother has a better fashion sense i think we're talking to a guy in an 85 pound vest so i think that answers the question right there (laughs) well banana republic 85 pound vest you guys can be the judge (laughs) <laughs> What's the most mischievous thing that you've done together? Oh man, we've got some stories, Brian. Why am I not thinking about them? My uncle used to call us the bad boys of Port Orchard. Uh, okay, here's one. Brian and I. Brian signed us up for a class maybe oh, like five years this ago. Is I forget awful. about this. This is one of the worst things I've ever done. I'm so embarrassed and ashamed, and I would do it really? again. I would do it again. Oh, man. Go ahead and tell the story. Every time I drive past the La Quinta, not far from the Tacoma Dome, what was the class supposed to be about? Okay. So it was like a project management class, and 
I don't even know why I signed us up, but I did. And we're going through it. And you have like, you don't know anybody there. So you get together in these groups and you have to like come up with some, I don't know, we're working on a project or whatever. So I was supposed to be the spokesman. And that's what makes this even the worst. So they're like, you know, dismiss us for lunch. <laughs> and Timmy and I head to lunch and I'm like, do you want to go back? And he's like, no, no, like, so me neither. We had so... to lunch. <laughs> we had to lunch at Stanley's Seaforts. We never go there. It's a nicer restaurant. And they're, they're one thing that they do is they have like um, barrel aged mixed drinks. So like a, an old fashioned that they do in a little barrel for 30 days or whatever. I'm pretty sure I had one and we're having lunch. And I can't imagine with your personality because you're the nicer of the two of us. I think I was pretty like, dude, I do not want to go back, work in a group with a bunch of people I don't know about a subject I could care less about, couldn't care less about. And somehow Brian went along with it, which had to have been peer pressure. <laughs> so we had lunch and we just never went back. I have no idea what happened to that poor group. I know. But I just remember when they gave us the assignment, I was like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. So I, I just still think like, what was my team thinking? when it's time for the presentation and it's like where did those two guys go so yeah they go so you left they some go. strangers holding the bag yeah, that's, that's what we yes. did that's funny uh and at least for me unrepentantly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they might not have shown up either it could be that they were just on the other side of the same restaurant i don't know <laughs> that's what i'd like to think all right i had one last one after that it's, it's anticlimactic but who's most likely to mix up their left and their right. That's a places you'll go reference, right? From Dr. Seuss. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you say, Brian. <laughs> I'm a Robbie. Yeah, exactly. I, I would tend to say it would, I don't even know that you would Timmy, but of the two, I tend to be the more meticulous. And I can give proof of that because Timmy and Nikki got me an anniversary present years ago when Starbucks was having words and definitions on them on coffee cups. And so they got me one that said meticulosity and it was extreme attention to detail. It didn't ask who it it didn't ask who the architect That's of not the a word. was, no. <laughs> it did not. It did not. <laughs> Right, that's all I got for this or that, boys. Uh, yeah, mix up left or right. I don't know. We should we should have done is I should have given the mic and the headphones to Nikki since she got on, and she could have answered the questions about Brian and <laughs> yeah. me. An impartial <laughs> judge, huh? Yeah. I don't know that she's. When Brian irritates me, I'll tell Nikki. Sometimes I'll be like, "Your brother-in-law." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I do with my kids. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, guys, we we appreciate you jumping on yeah. with us. We try right, to keep yeah. it. Yeah, it's uh, I really enjoyed. It. I was really looking forward yeah. to this episode. To you guys coming on and, and talking with you. And yeah, you, yeah, it was awesome, guys. Just in case someone actually doesn't yeah, know nice. where to find you, can you guys each give out your uh, Instagram handles so everybody can find you? I'm at Pioneer Builders Inc. And I'm at Awesome Framers. And you should give out your Sonic, I think. Yeah, it's it's been such a rough summer, Jamie. I just have not got a chance to do it as much as it's I want. It's still rad. Yeah, Sonic Screwdriver. I know, it's still there. 
Phone and screwdriver. Check it out. It's pretty and cool. phone numbers. Personal <laughs> phone numbers if you guys don't mind. <laughs> Mine is 857-809. Yeah. 867-5309. Yeah. Mike yeah, Jones. You're right there. Yeah, Mike Jones. You, you got it. <laughs> Sweet. Right, boys. That was awesome. Thanks, Thanks for having us on. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for coming, bro. Say hi to your dad. Yeah, we were supposed to, Jamie. We were supposed to head out your direction after landing. I was going to be our 20th anniversary trip, but then it goes COVID happened, so. It's still a plan. Yeah. We'll make it well, up to half moon day. Well, when you make, when you it, make down, it down, call the godfather. I'm here. It's yeah. dangerous down there. You need some protection. You can Bar- find me in the book. Brian's vest. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>